What's up, everybody? It's Power 5 Sports Podcast. We're back. About a two-week break, but uh, we're here in the studio. And Alex, tell me about your trip to California. How was it? Well, let me just tell you. Cali is better than Michigan, for sure. You know, it's a lot nicer. It's a lot warmer. And it was dandy. It was, it was hype. That's a good way to describe it, you know. Had a lot of fun. Went to San Diego. Sunny San Diego. Yeah, tell me about that. San Diego was really chill. You know, military base there. That was hype. Uh, and then we went to L.A., the City of Angels. Snagged the Lakers game. Saw the Hollywood sign. Lonzo. Showtime. The bright lights. That's what it's all about, baby. So well, it was really fun overall. I'm glad to be back, by Oh, way. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad yeah. to have you back here. But today we're going to be getting into some NBA talk. But, you know, you know how we do. We have Nolan Trepic back here in the house. He's, uh, we're happy to have him here. How are we doing? How are we doing? Nolan's in uh, college at the University of Michigan, greatest university in the world. And, uh, Go blue, baby. Yeah. So uh, getting into some NBA headlines right now. The, first of all, the All-Star game just happened while I was in L.A. And guess what? I didn't go. And, wow. Uh, which was a really shame. That's uh, a bummer. Speaking of basketball, how about Quavo becoming the Somebody celebrity? Somebody this man to the league. I, I saw on Twitter. I don't know if this is true, but it's like Quavo is the only man alive that has a warrant for his arrest but can still be the MVP of a basketball game. I don't know if that's true, but that's I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> a, little, a little polar opposite from MVPs from Justin Bieber to Quavo. There. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was yeah, it was really fun to watch uh, the celebrities go go to town and ball out. But yeah, um, Donovan Mitchell was the slam dunk contest. That was and Devin he put Booker. On a show that yeah, night. and Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. He absolutely strapped up. He was in his bag. Yeah, he was getting juicy with it. Devin Booker, my man. I juicy. Him. I like that. Yeah, and uh, LeBron winning All Star MVP. But that's enough for the All Star game. I thought we would it would be good to mention it. But getting right into some NBA headlines. First off, the Golden State Warriors recently just played the Thunder, and I got to tell you something, folks. Zaza Pachulia has a history of injuring players, of being a little dirty, you know, with Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs uh, last year. Injuring his ankle, out for the year, Golden State wins the series. Now, Zaza fell on Russell Westbrook. There is no doubt in my mind that this was intentional. Um, I mean, he literally fell with nobody touching him, and he, he did hurt. It looked like he hurt Russell Westbrook for a quick second. Jake, can you do you agree? I mean, honestly, Zaza, you know, the bigger they are, the farther they, the, f- the heavier they fall, <laughs> the harder they fall. Yeah. Um, I mean, Zaza, he's a large man. He is. Let's put it that way. And whether this was intentional or not, who knows? It's stupid. Just, it's a great thing that Russ did not get hurt. Yeah. Nolan, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know what? Uh, I think that the well, the NBA came out today and said they're not going to be taking any uh, disciplinary action on Zaza, and I was I was a little taken aback by that. Um, you know, but growing up a hockey fan, you know, playing hockey my whole life, um, I get a little astounded sometimes at how soft these basketball players can be. That just a, just a player falling on you is it is dangerous. These guys playing for lots of money, high stakes, definitely a factor, but. At the end of the day, these guys are going hard to the paint in much more, you know, difficult, like, physical situations than just someone falling on you. Yeah, you got to man up. I, I, I feel like it's just kind of a soft play by by Russell Westbrook to complain about it. I think Zaza did it on purpose, but you know what? 
at the end of the day, like Things someone happen. step up and yeah. defend your teammate instead of complaining about it and hoping the NBA takes some disciplinary. Yeah, I, I I agree with that um, full heartedly. I mean, the NBA can be soft, but I think it was a very dirty thing of Zaza to do because he could have blown out his knee and. Russell Westbrook means everything to that team, and that would be eliminating the Thunder in a way. Yeah, so. I, th- I think the NBA has to do a little bit better job of protecting yeah. their players in situations like that. Like, a guy like Zaza is kind of just a plug-and-play guy. You can find any guy that can play that position at that, you know, any guy that's that size right, can go right. down and play that position. Whereas, like, the players like Russell Westbrook are, you know, once, one in a, once a generation type of players that you don't want to be seen getting hurt by guys like Zaza Pachulia. Exactly. Yeah, that would definitely hurt the business. Zaza does what Zaza wants. Exactly. <laughs> Moving on to another team in the West, Houston. I mean, they have been red hot. H-Town, baby. They have won 12 in a row. And now that Chris Paul is fully healthy, just, just a little stat here. Chris Paul... With in the, in the lineup with James Harden at the same time, they're thirty-one and three. That is crazy. Thirty-one and three. So if Houston can remain healthy at the end of the year, I mean, it's not a fun team to run into. No, it's absolutely not. They are a red-hot offense. Very. They spread the ball around very well. Chris Paul opens up the floor. They match gets, up well against Golden State. They do. Oh, yeah. They look. They they look pretty good against Golden State. They can put up one hundred and twenty on Golden State easy. While playing good D, so I mean, th- this team is averaging 114 points a game. Wow. That that's that's a lot. Not to mention, I mean, they, you don't you they, don't hear about that. They pride themselves on playing the best D in the NBA. So yeah. if you can put up 114 points a game and then play the best defense in the league. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's going to beat you. Right. I think right. Chris Paul's a little underrated on the defensive aspect of the ball. Chris Paul, he he's a monster. He gets he gets after it out there. I mean, Clint Capella. He, he's a beast down low. Yeah. Eric Trevor Gordon, Ariza. Trevor Ariza. Nobody talks about the, the guards on Houston like Trevor Ariza and um, Eric, Eric Gordon, the both big-time shooters that don't get the credit they really deserve. No, and Trevor Ariza, shout out Ralph Durgum. He, he straps up with Trevor Ariza on 2K. I mean, this guy, he knows, he yeah. knows how to pop the threes. Yeah, 100%. So I think H-Town is not a team you want to run into – Late in the playoffs, I think that right now they're gonna finish the year as a one seed. I think really, I do. I think that they they look they've won twelve in a row. They don't have any signs of slowing down. James Harden put up forty last night. I mean, they're keep they keep they keep the momentum going. That's I think that's a good way to put it. They, you know, some teams get hot at some times. Some teams cool off. They seem to be hot. And they seem to be consistent, and they seem to be hot right now, and I think they're going to stay hot. The thing the thing that I think is the question is, is do they have the depth to make a deep playoff run? Because you see teams like Golden State and Cleveland when they won oh their championship, gosh. you know, they're, they, they're, they, can, they can withstand an injury or two, and they can make a deep run. Do you guys think they have the depth to be able to, you know, make it through an extra month and a half of bas- basketball here in May and in June? That's I mean, a really good question. Yeah, they, they just picked up Joe Johnson. Yeah. They signed him, and honestly, I mean, Houston, who else do they have? Ryan Anderson. He's a solid contributor. Nice little shooter. Um, let's see. What What do you say? Um, no, honestly, I don't think, yeah. I don't think that they have the depth. Uh, Gerald Green, they maybe. Just, they just, I mean, they seem to be a more of like a six guys, seven guys really contribute. Rest kind of just are kind of there and just 
fill in spots. So if, if you're if you're if you're Houston, are you sitting James Harden? Are you sitting Chris Paul for the yes. last 10, 15 games of the season and relinquishing you, you that might one be. seed? Uh-huh. Um, just so you can make sure you make a deeper run in the playoffs. I I know I, I would be doing that. Yeah. I don't think seeding is all that important right. in the NBA. Right exactly, now. because you're probably going to end up facing Golden State right. in the Eastern eventually, Conference Finals eventually. regardless. Yeah. So being a two seed and playing, who would you play? The Thunder versus the Nuggets. I still see them winning in four games, so I don't really see the Rockets, you know, having any troubles if they stay health, if they, you know, stay healthy. Yeah, and speaking of staying healthy, Jimmy Butler just had a was it a meniscus injury? Torn meniscus. Torn meniscus. Yeah. That's, that's the killer. That's brutal. Yeah, I feel for the guy. Yeah, I mean he he plays hard. He plays the most minutes out of anybody in the NBA. He can't really shoot, so he drives, and he plays really good defense. And I'm, you know, he's very well conditioned, but a guy like that is, I don't want to say he's bound to get an injury, but he's more likely to get an injury versus, you know, a guy that just, like, sits on the key and shoots. You know, Jimmy Butler is very mobile and athletic, and he's very physical, and I'm sorry that he got hurt, and it really is going to dent this team a lot. Yeah, Nolan. Before we got on the show, you were you were talking about this whole situation a little bit. Just give the listeners some insight. Yeah, well, essentially, you know, it was really Colin Cowherd who kind of opened my eyes to it a little bit and talks about the injury-prone nature of a lot of these guys who just aren't versatile enough players in today's NBA. You know, guys who can't both drive and shoot, or who, who whose shot isn't good enough to simply be a three-point shooter, where they have to go down to the dirty areas to get points. Guys like John Wall, guys like Blake Griffin, they're not built for today's NBA where like guys like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, you know, you have to you have to respect that shot. And then when they do go to the dirty areas, they have so much more space down there to be able to make plays, avoid contact, um, and they can score bu- they can score buckets from, you know, outside the key and put up points in a safe way, essentially, without having to go down and get physical. Whereas guys like John Wall, Blake Griffin, they get to the dirty areas time and time again. They're putting up in these physical plays. They're putting up points, but they're doing it, you know, they're putting a toll on their bodies night in and night out. Whereas, you know, Steph Curry, he looks like he's dancing around people just throwing up buckets from half court, and, like, you're never going to get hurt doing that. Right. But, you know, when you get to the dirty areas time and time again, it, it wears on you, and I think you see why those guys are fading out because it's just tougher to stay healthy in the NBA for a full 82-game season. That's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a great point. I think that's 100% true as well um, because it happens not just with one guy. It's like a general <laughs> consensus of, like, you know, guys. I'm surprised Russell Westbrook, honestly, has not blown out both of his knees. Well, he can shoot the basket. He can too. shoot. Jimmy Butler doesn't have that luxury of being a spot-up shooter like Clay Thompson or Steph Curry or KD. KD especially, too. Yeah. KD. The prime example. Yeah. So that's really unfortunate that that happened. But how, do, how do you think it opened up the East a little bit? Yeah. Um, moving on to the East, the Cavs. The Cavs seem to, you know, be coming back together. Um, as well as, you know, the, with all those trades, um, they literally removed – what, like half, six guys, seven guys on their roster? I mean, they, they just, they, they just like you said, they were, yeah, they, just, they gutted. They just went for the whole they makeup just, right. and it, of their roster, and it's proving to do some magic here. Yeah, you look at the new guys like Rodney Hood, um, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance. Those guys are all 
looking to, you know, they, they contribute pretty hard. I mean, Larry Nance is a um, solid rebounder, guy that only get you like seven points a game, but still, that's very valuable when it comes, and he plays good defense when you play Golden State or somebody good like that. Rodney Hood is a pure is scorer. unreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so lanky. He can get after it on defense, too. He's known for his offense, but, I mean, at 6'8", you're playing shooting guard. Yeah. I mean, you you take up. That's, you that's you take up the guard. court. Right, right. And uh, last but not least, Jordan Clarkson, the point guard. He's a big point guard. He's 6'5", uh, about 200 pounds. And he's he's more of like a pure scorer, um, decent defender, but he's a guy that can really help LeBron um, at that, you know, just another, not as good as Kyrie, obviously, but he can really help him in many aspects. He can open up the floor. He can knock down a three. He can give LeBron good feeds. So I think that's really vital on that Cavaliers roster, and I think that'll really open the floor. And the Cavs seem to be really, they've seemed to really turn it around. The momentum is, you know, in their favor. So the Cavs look like a threat to me. I think they're going to go back to the finals. Seems like they got a bit of a culture change, too. I think they kind of had a toxic culture with a lot of star power in there. Yeah. IT was yeah. used to be in the center of attention like he was in Boston last year. Right, right. I think a lot of, you know, you see the same thing with Kyrie last year. Just Maybe it's tough for these guys that are, have a little bit bigger egos playing next to LeBron and just kind of getting overshadowed. Yeah. I'm curious if that's at all maybe an issue there. But, uh, no, I think once you clear up the – you get the – almost not to say the cancer, but get the cancer out of the locker room and you get the culture back to everyone on the same page and, you know, it, you can see what, what chemistry and a little bit of, you know, that does to a team. It just, you know, sparks things for sure. Yeah, it really seems to make a difference. And another addition that the Cavaliers added, you know, George Hill, he's a veteran point guard. He knows how to command the floor. He's, he's a floor general. That's a great way to put it. George Hill, he's experienced. He he's been to the playoffs before. He's been in different high stakes situations, and he just brings a veteran president presence to the Cavs roster that they didn't have prior to the deadline. Yeah, I mean the Cavs have gotten more experience, but as well as that, all three of those guys—Rodney Hood, uh, Larry Nance, and Jordan Clarkson—are all quite young. So they got more young. They got more athletic. And I think this is a team that can really compete with, you know, like the Warriors or the Rockets or in their own conference, the Celtics or the Raptors. So I think this is a really good change for the Cavs. And um, LeBron is having a good year, but he's not up for the MVP race. And some of the guys that are up for the MVP race, such as James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, Steph, and KD, Jake, let's get into James Harden. How do you think he's been playing this year? James Harden, he's been playing absolutely out of his mind. I mean, he's he's dropping 40 pieces on a daily basis. He His stats are he, it's video game numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Giannis has been a real factor and I think he's I think it's I think it's James Harden. He he's in clearly in the lead. Averaging 31 a game. It's his MVP to lose at this point and th- at this stage in the season. But, I mean, Giannis, he, there's no other player like him. Yeah, I mean, he's about 7 feet tall, and he plays like he's a 6-foot point guard. And he's really means so much to that team. That's what makes him so special. No one, wouldn't you agree? Oh, he's a, he's a freak to watch. He's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I just don't think you can argue with Harden's numbers right now. Yeah, I, I think that's perfect because, like, Harden's averaging 
more points, and he's Harden's been more successful, uh, winning 12 in a row, and then they're first in the West, and Giannis isn't first, but he's he's averaging a lot, and he's his plus minus is also quite good, so that's what guys look for. How about Anthony Davis? Now that Demarcus Cousins went down, this has really opened up the you know really the spotlight for Anthony Davis. He's got to be the man on this team. Before it was the Twin Towers with uh, Demarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis is you know running the point. He's literally doing everything. So I think Anthony Davis means a lot. Like I said with Giannis and James Harden, they make they mean a lot to this team. That's what makes them so special. So yeah, and when you really look at the true meaning of the MVP, most valuable player. Mm-hmm. I would argue that Giannis and Anthony Davis are more valuable to their teams than and James, James Harden. Harden? That's a I, fair, I would argue that. That's a fair argument. Well, the next two guys we're going to talk about are on the same team. They've both been unreal, and they're of no shock. They're going to probably go to the finals once again. These next two guys being Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Jake, I know you love Steph Curry. What, do you, what are your thoughts on him? Steph Curry, uh, you, you, you said it. I, I, I love me some Steph. This man is averaging about 27 points per game, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. The numbers say it all for Steph Curry. He He's just pulling up from the logo, and he doesn't miss. Right. How many players can say that they can do that on a nightly basis? Not many. But KD? his teammate is also not a nice man. He's very dirty. I mean, he, he pulls up and hits some nasty crossovers. KD is once again back in the MVP race. I don't think he'll win, but you got to mention him for sure. I mean, the impact he's had on that offense running the show. And he's been very defensively sound, um, averaging a block a game. So that's very important. But we're going to make our MVP predictions. I'm going to have to go with James Harden. Jake and Nolan, I'd love to hear your thoughts too. This is such a, this is such a tough decision. There's still so much of the NBA season to be played, and this is—it's a tough call. I'm tempted to say James Harden just because he has such a strong grasp on the MVP right now, but I'm gonna go with Steph. You're gonna go with Steph? I think it's either gonna be Steph or Giannis. Giannis. So you're di- gonna disrespect James like that? 30 yeah, points, pretty, 31 means nothing to you? I mean... Yeah, pretty much. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, disrespect. give me Steph or Giannis. I, okay, I can live with Giannis. I can't live with Steph. Steph? I think, I think I, that's West, too much West Coast love. You need to get off your high horse enough. Nolan, what do you, what, what's going through the mind? I'll, I'm going to take James Harden as well. He plays, mm. he plays tough minutes every night. He puts up an absurd amount of points in yeah. a tough conference and a tough division. He is the total center point of his team. Um, and I think it says a lot uh, that he's been putting up these numbers for a while. I just don't think he's had the supporting cast to do it as a team. And uh, I think their results are showing up in the standings a little bit now, now that he's got some supporting cast with him. Um, but I think he's due for a little bit of love, a little bit of recognition uh, down in H-Town. So I'd like to see James Harden win. And I think it's him has to lose, like you said, Jake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, that's some reasonable... Predictions there, Jake. James Harden, not Steph Curry. Jeez. Hey, what Speaking about Giannis? Of Gian- 
Giannis, I don't think he maybe in a few years, maybe because yeah, he's yeah. so young. He's, yeah. so he's the type of guy that can be a perennial MVP. In exactly, he's yeah. the type of guy to go win it four years straight in 2022. Right, right. I mean, he's the future of the NBA. That's what Absolutely. Kevin Durant. That's what Kevin Durant calls him. He'll be the next man up when LeBron leaves. Mm-hmm. So, it's the truth. Yeah. Moving on, finally to cap it off, our conference finals predictions. So right now, the Toronto Raptors are in first place. And the Houston Rockets are in first place in the West. So, with those two teams being, do you think either one, either one of you, do you think both those teams will be in the conference finals? I personally don't see Toronto getting that deep in the playoffs. I like them a lot. They're a good team. They're they're deep, and they uh, they win. They they find a way to win basketball games. That's for sure. Um, but they just don't have that top-heavy talent that a lot of these other elite teams do. And I, I think I think once it comes down to crunch time, I think. Kyrie is such an elite clutch player. I don't think he'll let Boston escape any shorter than the conference finals. I, I, I'd like to take Boston and personally over over Toronto. So you see a Boston Toronto conference finals. I see a Boston Cleveland. Mm. Boston Cleveland. Boston Cleveland. That'll be interesting. Okay. okay. Kyrie versus LeBron. Go. Yeah, I I think uh, that'll be great to watch. Yeah, I I just don't see Toronto is just not a great historically. Demar and. Uh, Kyle just Lowry, aren't, yeah. just aren't they haven't performed they in the choke. playoffs yeah. ever. Uh, I don't see that changing this year. Um yeah. I'm just gonna go with the go with the history <laughs> on that one. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna take Kyrie. What about from the West? Who do you like? Mm. Um I don't see Oklahoma City clipping anything together anytime soon to make a deep run. Golden State yeah, obviously I think that kinda goes without saying. Um and who will it be against them? I really do think it'll be Houston. I think they've they're getting hot at the right time of the season. They're gelling right now. Um, as long as they can stay healthy, they're my pick to get to the conference finals in the West. Yeah, I love I love that. I mean, I'm gonna have to agree with you on the West. Houston at the coming in at the one, and Golden State not behind, not far behind on at two. Um, at the East, I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna say the Cavs make a. Uh, Make a, f- a nice little run against the Celtics. I'm gonna say Cavs in six, in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. Against the Celtics, and so yeah, that's my final four. Jake, what about you? I have Toronto, Boston in the East. Honestly, I think this might be the year for Bo- uh, for no Toronto's. Cleveland? So LeBron's final streak ends. Yeah, it's gone. Um, I like Toronto to make it. Demar Derozan, he's stepped up in big roles this year um he knows how to get it done i think kyle lowry will pick up the slack whenever needed and boston i i i see boston coming in first at come playoff time in the um in the eastern conference standings boston just such an overall balanced team there's so many weapons on that offense and they can play on the defensive side of the ball too and as far as the west goes i have to agree with you guys houston They've proven that they can hang with Golden State. I, I see Golden State coming in first at the end of it all um, as far as the standings go, but Houston, Golden State in the end. I like that. I like that. That's, yeah. that's very so- fundamentally sound predictions, Jake. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hot take, no LeBron in the, in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. For, that's got to be the that's- first time in... What, like a seven long years? Time. Eight years? Long time. Jeez, it's been, it's been a minute. I can see it, though. Yeah. I think it'll be the toughest year for him to make a run in a mm-hmm. long time for sure. Right. He's got it up against Brand the new Eastern team. Conference is yeah. the best it's been in a long time. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. So new team, 
kind of, it's gonna be a tough tough not road ahead. Weapons this year, yeah. Not as much star power. We'll see. What, we'll see what happens. It'll be a fun fun NBA playoffs this year. A little bit different than years past for sure. For sure, for sure. All right, folks. That concludes our NBA headlines podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more podcasts. Till next time. Peace.